Hello and welcome to the very first episode of uh, Oh No No No, the Wraith Rovers podcast. Um, this is hopefully going to become a, a very, uh, very quickly recurring feature as we go through um, the trials and tribulations of this season's championship, next season's premiership, wherever else um, it happens to take us. Uh, my name's Duncan Cameron. I've got the honour of hosting this very first episode. And uh, joining me, we have the captain of this particular ship, Robbie Weir. How are you, Robbie? I'm very good, Duncan. Um, and I'm very glad that we're able to get started with this. Thank you. Um, fresh from his trip to the Ayrshire coast, uh, Kev Barreto's with us. How are you, Kev? Hi. Yeah, good. Cheers, Duncan. Ex- excellent to be involved. Cheers. Magic, and also back from air, uh, no stranger to a microphone, it's John Greer. How are you, John? I'm very well, guys. I agree. Magic. So um, what we're going to do today, uh, we might well be making our debut, but we're keen to get stuck in and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So primarily, we are going to have a big deep dive into Saturday's victory over Air United. Um, we're going to have a quick look at Dundee United coming up on Saturday, although there will be a full pod to follow. Um, where a whole new panel will look into that one. And then we're going to finish up today with uh, a big question. So I've got a question I'm going to ask the guys, and you at home can uh, absolutely chip in on that one as well. So um, first of all, uh, sorry, first of all, I know that uh, two of you guys were down at air yesterday. Robbie, I think you managed to catch the full game as well. Um, I've seen the highlights, so I'll uh, I'll chip in where I can. But it's um, very much over to you guys to to talk me through uh, everything that you saw yesterday. So who wants to kick us off with our thoughts on uh, Wraith Rovers 2, or sorry, Air United 1, Wraith Rovers 2? Jim? I'm happy to go, yeah. Um... I thought, uh, different to Airdrie, uh, we started the game very well um, and we're on the front foot from the beginning. I think the first thing was, as we were driving down, the the team list was uh, released and uh, quickly you saw we only had one central defender um, and we had no, well, our two main strikers, we I would imagine, would be everybody's two main strikers would be Jamie Gullen and uh, Jack Hamilton. They were on the bench. So it was it was going to be interesting to see how this uh, was going to pan out with the, the, the team. But uh, quite quickly, I think everybody saw it was quite a fluid line-up where the, the front boys were all very, very interchangeable and there was good movement and uh, uh, we seemed to start quite well. Um, Kev, what was your view on that? Yeah, um, I, I, mean, I mean, first of all, same as yourself with, with, with the lineup, um, because I really enjoyed watching Jack Hamilton. I was quite surprised that that um, he didn't start. Although I, I thought it, it's got to be Callum Smith and Louis Bordy, you know, one of them with him. I, I thought when he was on his own with Adrian, just just didn't work. But um, yeah, when, when he didn't start, I was a bit surprised, but. Like you say, John, like the the early uh, early parts of the game, you could just see the, the the movement, like Callum Smith, like challenging, like Lewis Bourne, like running all over the place, place doing little flicks. Oh, it was, it, it was really beautiful to watch, and, and um, 
I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll get into the, the game a, a, a little bit I'll, because the, the, there's one one bit in particular. I, I, I don't know if you were able to see this, Robbie, uh, and if you remember it, um, um, John. But but um, it, Louis Vaughan got hold of the ball. I, I, I think it was um, that about three Rovers players um, surrounded the, the, the United players, and Louis started. An amazing one-touch move that, that was just uh, hit himself, um, Callum Smith, Dylan Easton, and um, Sam Stanton. I, I can't remember if, if, if Josh Mullen was in there as well. And it was just so fluid. It, uh, it, uh, myself and, uh, and my pal who was with was just gone. Beautiful football, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So um, th- that was. Uh, a highlight for me. Unfortunately, um, it, it um, wasn't in the highlights package because, um, you, you know, I don't think it led to a goal or anything. But but that that was a mark of uh, of yeah, you know, completely agreeing with John that that um, it it just felt as though we were playing beautiful football, yeah. un- unlike some of the misplaced passes that were, were happening against Airdrie. Yeah, I, I fully agree with it. Um, with what Kev said, I mean, I think that you looked at the lineup, and obviously we've got a watch WhatsApp chat on the go, and I think there was a bit of trepidation. Obviously, Scott Brown comes comes into centre back, um, as you rightfully mentioned, and that means that we put Sam Stanton a bit further back, which maybe sort of for a lot of people you're you're a bit uncertain about. But yeah, it just worked magically. Um, uh, as Kev says, some of the football that we played, particularly in the run up, obviously we'll cover this in a bit. But the second goal liquid football um, to, to sort of get that move on the go. There was uh, plenty uh, in the first half as well, just to be really positive. But I think the, the thing that stood out for me was that it was very noticeable that against Airdrie, we didn't really press as high, whereas against Air, um, the big noticeable change that was that you saw the, the sort of aggression from the forwards to move forward. You saw sort of your Callum Smith. Um, you've got, obviously, Lewis Vaughan in there as well. Um, both sort of really aggressively pushing forward to try and sort of put Air under a bit of pressure. And I think Air really, really struggled with that um, in the first half in particular, which is obviously saw us get our, get our goals um, just with how we how we were moving forward. So that was on the the kind of Ray TV commentary that I listened to. Um, Burstein and Davey were were in agreement that that first half was the best half, even setting aside the goals, the best half that the boys have played this season. Would you agree with that, having seen it? Yeah, I, I would. Um, the other thing is, as well, which we haven't touched on, is the fact that I thought Sean Byrne had his best game for us. For me, he he was my man of the match yesterday because um, he just did so much good work. He wins the ball and he just does uh, plays the easy ball. Um, but he's also very good at um, an air got frustrated because... He gets himself between the ball and the the opponent, and he goes down and wins fouls, breaks up play. Uh, he's been he's been a really good uh, addition to our squad, I think. Um, I think you're absolutely right. That um, decision to put Scott Brown back into the defence, I don't think you can do that if you don't have Sean Byrne. Is that um, whole system of essentially letting you know, all your number 10s go and, and interchange out in front really relies on someone doing all those hard yards. And uh, yeah, Sean Burns been been excellent since he came in and certainly sounds like um, yesterday was his, was his best game. And in terms of... 
Can, the, so, sorry, can I yeah. just come in there, um, Duncan? Yeah, totally agree. I, I thought, Sean Byrne, my, my goodness, he, he's got a, a composure. I, I, I don't understand why Dundee have, have let him go, to, to be honest. He, he, he seems to just, his, his first touch, make, make a, a bit of space for himself, quite often with, with a little turn before, before he passes it. He, he, he seems to be able to give himself time to look around and see exactly what, what he should be doing. And uh, he's just a, a classy player, I think. And that, um, to contrast that to last week at Airdrie, do you think that was almost Scott Brown and Sean Byrne being too similar last week, almost stepping on each other's toes? And that giving, you know, almost moving one of as as much as literally Scott Brown dropped into the defence, you're really freeing up an extra midfielder further up the park with that. Do you think that kind of helped the 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 team yesterday? It's, it maybe it's... did maybe did. And the other thing is as well, I think last week with having Jack Hamilton playing up front, I think we relied too much on trying to play the long ball up to Jack Hamilton and I'm not criticising Jack because I thought he did a good job last week and he probably had one of his better games last week but he was isolated too often last week um, we didn't have anybody up alongside him his knock-ons weren't going to anybody there was nobody running on to them occasionally at the start of the game Sam Stanton did that but I think um, I think the way we were set up yesterday meant we didn't focus on playing a long ball forward early. Um, and I thought the difference was so much uh, greater. And Sam Stanton, we all know about Sam Stanton, and um, he, he has this ability where he looks like the defender has the ball and he just kind of extends out his leg and scoops it back from them. I don't know how to describe that. It's... Uh, you know, it's it's quite remarkable. And I think he reveled in that situation yesterday as well. You know, the link yeah. in between everybody was tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, just on the Scott Brown thing, I, I, I funny enough, agree with you, Duncan, um, that the, the last couple of games, I mean, I love Scott Brown. I, I think he's someone who just puts his head on the block every time. But, but the last couple of games, I... I Think something's just not being quite right with it with, with his passing and, and, and even his challenges. And I, I thought him, him moving into Keith Watson's, Watson's space, um, that that seemed to work very well for, for one thing. But also, like you say, it, it freed up Sean Byrne to, 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 to get more involved with, with, with some of the attacking stuff. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely wanting to come in um, with. with, with what John said about Sam Stanton, because um, sorry, Robbie, I don't. don't no, that's fine. Keep going. Out, keep going. But, um, but oh my goodness, there's some something about it. now. I'm not particularly a stats person, but I would be interested to to know what percentage of fifty fifties he's getting because he seems to get every fifty fifty that that he goes for, and and also from getting the the, the challenge in and getting the ball. It's like a seamless move into turning into a, a, a forward run or, or, or a pass or something. And, oh, yeah, I, I, I thought he was wonderful yesterday. And um, I, I'm going to slightly disagree with John and, and, and say that um, 
although Dylan Easton was brilliant as well, uh, well, well, in fact, the whole team I thought were, were, was superb. Uh, Sam Stanton was certainly my, my player of the first half. Yeah, I think that, um, I, to be honest, I agree with both of you, obviously, that they, they've had excellent games, um, Stanton and Byrne. I think that Byrne, um, very interesting player, just because he's been obviously sort of almost pushed out the door at Dundee, and their loss, as far as we're concerned, is very much our game. Um, he's done tremendously well coming in. He's complimented Scott Brown, uh, taken a bit of a load, because last season, I think at times, it was very difficult. You'd see sort of Scott Brown in that holding role, um, but without really any support. Um, whereas now we can move into that um, 4 2 3 1 that we've been really sort of successful in terms of our results, anyway, uh, are deploying. Sam Stanton, if you listen to the, uh, the, the sort of race TV commentary that's been put out with the highlight, the close up highlight of the game, um, yeah, Davy, Davy Hancock sums it up just sort of saying he just does things that just just seem superhuman almost. Um, I know that he's obviously out of contract at the season and I think that's been mentioned quite heavily uh, towards sort of uh, by the other fans on sort of Pine Bovro and things. And I think tying him down would be a really, really good uh, statement of intent really for how we're progressing forward as a club. Obviously, I'm sure that the club are well aware of it and I, I get that there's going to be other teams that will be looking at Stanton and thinking, well, he can definitely do a job. It wouldn't surprise me if there was teams sort of in the bottom six. But again, we're a club that are building a project here. And I think that it's very important to sort of say that we're a club that's going out with statements of intent, the signings that we've been in the summer. So hopefully you'll look at that and say, yeah, this is a project that I still want to be involved with. It's a really good group of players. It seems a really good group of lads. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you can uh, tie up a new deal and uh, keep us happy. Yeah. I think the, the thing with Sam Stanton for me is he's almost taken Scott Brown's mantle from last season where he's the only one who does his job. So last season, you know, we had Scott Brown. He was brilliant for the first, kind of first fairly extended spell of the season. And then he picked up that injury and we really struggled for a good few weeks because we just didn't have another proper dig in kind of holding midfielder in the way that they, we now have Sean Byrne. And I think Sam Stanton now becomes the that real kind of, driving force he's almost a bit of a kind of throwback midfielder Sam Stanton when you stack him up against the rest of those guys because you know if you if you were mapping him out on a football pitch in terms of where is his best position it's in that kind of number 10 role behind a striker but he plays box to box he's all, he's all over the place and I think he really lets everyone else do a lot of the the really the nice the interchange as you said Kev with the Lewis Vaughan just being the kind of pivot in these triangles Sam Stanton's doing a lot of hard yards to kind of allow that to to happen um just to look at kind of the other aspect of of the game yesterday second half Ayer scored you know relatively early on in that second half how nervy did that get versus how confident were you as that game goes on? Because that's a fairly slender lead for a fairly long time. Well, can I just say it, it, it seemed typical Rovers, you know, in the fact that we um, we never seem to start the second half very well. I don't know what it is, whether we we come out and, and we allow the other team to, to get on the ascendancy, but we always... I, I'd love to read stats, as Kev said, about how many goals we lose in the first 10 minutes. 
or second halves because we want to. I'm I'm sure it's something the 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 club the team are are working on because after we lost the goal, um, we did we did um, have to weather a bit of a storm and then uh, then some sort of thing you know. Kev, what was your yeah 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 ah. exactly. Exactly the same, actually, John. Um, but, uh, I certainly thought, oh, God, here, here we go, because um, here we're putting a bit of pressure on. But, but first half, with, with, with um, Callum Smith, Stanton, and, and all the rest um, pressing and, and really mucking up his passing games. At the start of the second half, like, like John said, that they definitely were creating a few chances. And if, if their strikers had been better, you, you could have see, see, seen them coming back into the game and, and scoring a couple even. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah, I don't, don't know what happened. Uh, maybe because we, we played so well in the first half that there was, oh, I, I'm sure Ian Murray w- wouldn't allow it, but, but it felt as though there was almost a little bit of complacency that... We're the better team. We're we're going to win this, and and here with, with with hard work and and some some good passing, definitely came back into it. And and for a, a, maybe about five or ten minutes, it felt as though that there was an equaliser coming. Right. Yeah, the thing uh, is, sorry, Bobby. The thing uh, is, oh, Duncan, you you did see how nervy we did we get. We did get nervy, but there is a resilience about us this season that. It hasn't been there, you know. Um, earlier in the season, Morton came and they they tried to 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 be the tough guys and and uh, um, come in with their strong arm tactics. And we we've got more about us now, you know. Um, even yesterday, you've got you've got Keith Watson's missing, but you've got a uh, Ewan Murray who oh. took, took a terrible tumble there. Yeah. And I thought. This is going to be it. We're going to yeah. going to have no central defenders. But you and Murray, I don't remember him being. I, I remember him being a, a good defender. But the, the amount of um, last minute throwing himself into oh. blocks that he's mm-hmm. done since he came mm-hmm. back has been remarkable. And there was one yesterday again where he threw himself into a block, which was just. Superb, you know, and and there seems to be a unity about them that that seems to be growing week by week. You know, it's also remarkable that we've we've done this talk so far, and we've not really discussed uh, Dylan Easton's performance. <laughs> uh, I think we'll we'll come on to Easton um, in a minute. For me, that whole back line, they were obviously they did superb yesterday, given it was a very makeshift. Um, one person I really do want to call out was Kevin Dabrowski, because that save in the second half, just standing, especially when oh. you see it back and you look at it, and he's just got a glove to it, and it's, it's, it's the fine, fine margins. And here, they did really well to come back into it, obviously. I think that you're never go- you're very rarely going to have a game where you dominate for the full 90 minutes. Um there's always sort of that period where I think it does look a bit shaky. And I think Air managed to capitalise on that. But definitely going forward, we weren't certainly out of it. It wasn't one-way traffic. We still had a, a really good chance to make it 3-0 just before they got their, their goal to make it um, make it 2-1. But yeah, um, to go on to, to you and Murray, though, um, I've sort of heard from first-hand sort of 
um, anecdotes as such that he's been absolutely stellar with the younger players in the squad, um, sort of like just going to the gym with them and just taking his time to, to sort of impart his wisdom. Um, all the back line have seemingly been really good with the younger lads. And he, yeah, he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's kind of flown under the radar, I feel, because obviously there was a bit of a, I feel like some of our fans maybe sort of raised the question, oh, he's came back after he left us under those circumstances. But the way that he's acquitted himself is sort of, I've not heard any sort of doubters or questions after that. And it's it's a testament to the guy. And I think that, to be fair, football's a very short career. Um, and I think that you've just got to have that open mind as a, mindedness about it to, to sort of let him come back in, do his job, which he's doing very, very well, and uh, just to, to sort of say, yeah, fair play. Uh, came back under those circumstances, and he's looked a great signing so far. Yeah, he, he seems like a good egg. I really like you and Murray. And um, as you say, Johnny, he, he's in that kind of Colin Hendry mode at the moment, where he's just throwing himself around. And I think Ian Murray said in his post-match interview, he's been struggling with that shoulder for for the last couple of weeks, you take a big knock in the first five minutes, and that that could ruin a game for a lot of players. So, um, full credit to him for for coming back and, and seeing out the full game and uh, you know playing well um, as he did it. Um, right, John. Yeah, just uh, sorry, just, just very quickly on that. On that, um, I thought well, when um, he, he had that injury, he um, took a couple of painkillers, uh, I think, and, and you could see for for about 10 minutes uh, that he, he was struggling. He, he was holding his arm a few times. And and like you say, how how he, he came back fr- fr- from that and, and, and just, it, it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to put my body on the line for the team and, and not bother about what whatever's like sore or, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And, and just uh, again, that that whole thing that that, that John said earlier about about the resilience in the the Rovers team, I, I think you and Murray just just shows that. But but throughout the team, like people are, are throwing their, their their bodies in front of the ball and and yeah 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 and, and um yeah. So, sorry, there's a few things covered because that that Kevin Dubrovsky save that, that that you mentioned, Robbie, bloody hell. Uh, you know, we, we all thought that was in. It was like, what the fuck? Superb, <laughs> absolutely superb. I think that's what we're uh, what we're going to get from Kevin Dabrowski. Some of the saves we've seen from him already have been unreal. Oh. And look, there's a trade-off. His kicking is not the best by oh. any means, but I don't care. I'm, oh. I'm quite oh. happy to see him throwing himself around and making big saves. And and um, there was I'm there was one moment. In the, yeah. uh, the second half, which was very funny, and that there was something like an offside, I think, for air. Uh, it was basically the ball got, got called back, and our player took a shot. And even still then, Kevin Dabrowski is pulling out this ridiculous uh, camera save for it, just to, to sort of just <laughs> almost in a way shithouse. But yeah, he's just he just seems a lovely guy. He just seems a really, really yeah. nice guy. And mm-hmm. you just, he's a type of person that you do want to do well. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, just, I love big characters, and that's mm-hmm. that's definitely what, what Kev Dabrowski is. There was one moment um, where he was a wee bit indecisive, and I'm, I'm not sure Scott Brown called him a lovely guy during that <laughs> where he had to make the clearance, but um, you know, Aye. he is a lovely guy, yeah. yeah. I felt for him uh, I felt for him a couple of weeks ago when he made that incredible save at the back post against Cali Thistle, and 
um, Keith Watson was just bawling him out for for not coming for the cross. It's like give him yes. four seconds to at least bask in yeah. that an incredible mm. reflex mm. save. But I, I obviously, like all goalkeepers, I think you need time to settle with a new defence, and that defence has been chopped around a fair bit. But um, well, we've got a couple of couple of minutes left on this game. So, John, why don't you wax lyrical about Dylan Easton for us? Well, Dylan Easton yesterday was epitomised everything about his game. He, um, he, he's. I can see where opposition fans will hate him, um, because we hate players that come and and do what he does. But yesterday, his movement, the way. Well, he was set up beautifully for both goals by um, by Sam Stanton, but by no means were the easy finishes. Um, he's, you know, yesterday he was just brilliant. You know the way he came on, and as a as a supporter, when you've got a guy that scores two goals like he did, and he runs with his fingers in his ears, that's all you want to see him doing, isn't it? It was it was just really really brilliant. There was Sorry. some lovely booing on that yeah. uh, that highlights package. Really, really good. And just very quickly, Robbie, I'll let you come in. But yeah. um, I don't know if you caught this on the, the highlights. Seconds, like literally maybe half a second before Dylan Easton smashes in the goal for the first one, you hear a guy shout, come on now, they're taking the piss. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I heard that. It's just, just no, lovely. Really, really good. It's just, um, it's a player that when he gets onto his game, um, I think there's some games where, where obviously it might not happen for him, but he's the type of player where you will show up and pay your money to watch a player like Dylan Easton. And he's obviously he's had that effect across his sort of career in terms of the clubs that he's been at. Everyone's known that he's a bit of a, a sort of uh, maverick, mercurial talisman. Um, but yesterday, it was much like the uh, Cliftonville game uh, that we played uh, a few weeks back. Sometimes you just see him and he's in the mood and he'll just size up a defender and they start backing off, and you think, oh, this player's in trouble. This player is very much in trouble. And that happened yesterday. And it's like I said in the WhatsApp chat, you could just hear uh, at one point, um, just, I, I don't know whether it was a young younger person or whether it was a woman, but you just heard, oh, for God's sake, someone half him. And you think, aye, that's it, that's it. But aye, as you say, uh, a very torrid time for the air defence to try to handle uh, Dylan Easton. And um, just before we move on, uh, word about that travelling support. That looked like a pretty decent away end to be in yesterday. Good numbers. I think possibly the best numbers I've seen us take down air for uh, for a while. Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I was speaking to Graham Meldrum, who lives in here, or close, quite close to here, who's a big Rovers man. And I was saying, why weren't we behind the goals? But seemingly you've got to guarantee... Um, a crowd of 400, but I would think it was touching 400. Kev, what's your... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I was, was saying to the, the fellow I was with, around about 350 to 400. Yeah. And, um, it was a lively crowd. Maybe because we were in that, in that small area of, yeah. of the stand, that, that kind of improved the atmosphere because the singing was pretty much non-stop. And, and, and of course, some... Um, Dylan Easton putting on the show and all, all, oh, it was, yeah. it, 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 was it, it, it was a decent atmosphere and you know good good support I thought. Yeah, as you say, Kev, that that maybe backfires against the home club when you they cram you all in together and they make they make it a better atmosphere for us, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see that before the game, and they said that they we wouldn't be getting the railway end, and that the Rovers fans would be in the west stand. And I don't know if if anyone at Air United's ever taken the trouble to like a compass out, but that's not where that stand is. <laughs> um, anyway, that's a very minor point. Let's have uh, sorry, no, any final points? Anything else anyone wants to add on uh, that victory over Air United before we uh, before we move on? Can I? Um... Well, hopefully this isn't being a mood hoover, but but um, one thing about Dylan Easton, whilst um, definitely fans love all that and and, and the, the, the fingers in his ears and everything like that, what one thing you you can see that refs are looking out for him a bit, bit because it he, he does you know get, get a bit excited sometimes and 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 like a minute after whatever incident it is, he's still shouting at the ref and and. I, I just hope that he doesn't get too many, many bookings and suspensions and stuff for, 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 for that side of thing. But but ha- having said that, if it was about him carrying that on and, and carrying on the, 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 the rest of his beautiful play and, and, and winding up opposition fans, then no, I wouldn't swap it. Quite right. Um, right, OK. Let's, let's have a look at Saturday to come. It's a, a top-of-the-table clash. We haven't had many of those. Um, over the last couple of years. So, Dundee United come to town. Uh, I did mention earlier there will be a full podcast to come later in the week. Uh, lineup still to be confirmed. I think we'll get uh, get some fresh faces. Anybody bold enough to make a prediction at this early stage? I'm going to hopefully go for a, a 1-0 Rovers win with uh, Dylan Easton carrying on his fine form for me. So. Excellent. John, how about you? How do you see this one going? I think it'll be another tough game, but it'll be a good measure of where we are, won't it? We're, we're, um, um, it'll be one of these games, I'm, I'm sure it'll be quite quite a toughie uh, playing against them. I don't know too much about their team at the moment. I know Kai Fotheringham that was on loan to us has, has started to get a game um, and uh, he scored a few goals, but um, it'll be good to have a good atmosphere at Starts Park, a big crowd, um, and uh, something to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just going to jump in there and just say that I'd noticed earlier on that as of this afternoon, they only had something like 100 tickets left in the, the North Stand to sell, which is, to be fair, a tremendous effort. Um, obviously, we Dundee United, I mean, let's make no qualms about it. They're obviously got far larger support than ourselves. Um, and realistically, I don't think any of their players, when they initially signed, aside from the players that came in this season, have thought, oh, I'm going to be playing championship football. They would be aiming for top six of uh, the top flight. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see as well whether the, with the railway stand, what happens with that? Because obviously there's the option for the club to, to obviously... Um, to sort of go for the singing section for the Rovers fans. I know we did it against Dunfermline and the Community Foundation have done that. Uh, I know there might be a temptation to sort of say, okay, we could do any overspill for United into there, but would that really be fair on our own fans who we need to be looking after first? So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that and uh, the direction the club take. I I could be wrong. I think Andy Barrowman made an allusion to that in his interview a couple of weeks ago, where he basically said that they won't be, you know, moving Rovers fans about. That essentially that move to the kind of singing section, which I don't think has been a, a kind of um, 
overwhelming success so far. But really, I think this was Andy Barman's point was that you have to invest the time and the commitment to actually doing it. Yeah. And that if that means turning away an extra couple of hundred away fans to prove to your own fans that you're committed to it and you think it's a good idea and you want it to be long term, then then so be it. And I am I'm, I'm fully behind the the commitment and the intention um, yeah. behind that. Uh, Kev, how do you see this one going? I'm I'm interested to to, to see what team Ian Murray puts out. I, I, I mean, I I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'll, I'll be happy with with, with with taking a point. But you know, if we, if we play the, the the football we we played in the first half last week, you know, I could could, could see three points maybe. But uh, I I know it's a bit of a cliche, but. With, with the the wealth of riches that that we've got, including o, o, on the bench, you know, you j- j- just don't know how, how he's going to set up. But I, I hope it's an attacking formation again. So that's that's I think I think there's two big questions for Ian Murray, and um, invariably he, he won't do what I think he's going to do, and then we'll get a result, which is fine by me. <laughs> but um, as I look at it, I think you get two big questions. One is Jack Hamilton, you know. Everybody understands the benefits of having that big kind of um, focal point in a game where you might spend periods under the gun. But we tried that Airdrie, didn't particularly work, didn't have it against Air, and it did. So big question there. And I think the second one is that base of the midfield. So again, you've got two natural holding midfielders that you could play. Again, did that against Airdrie, didn't particularly come off for us, but it has done in other games. I think it would be very bold to only go with that one midfielder. Um, I don't particularly want to get into drawing tactics on Sabutio pitches, but that sort of 4-1-3-2 is very attacking and puts a huge onus on Sean Byrne or Scott Brown, whoever that is. But again, as I say, whatever I think... Ian Murray might do, he does the opposite and it tends to work for him. That's why he does what he does and I do whatever I'm doing. Um, so I think that is going to be a very interesting uh, very interesting decisions. And a lot of that, obviously, is going to depend on who's available as much as anything. I think if Keith Watson's fit, you really have to put him back in. I think that's probably guaranteed. Although <laughs> there seem to be competing rumours from yesterday so Keith Watson was was spotted carrying a set of crutches, yeah. and there's there's um, uh, you might be able to clear this up for us, John. But there's uh, there's disagreement as to whether they're his crutches or whether he was just carrying Dylan Corr's crutches for him. No, they, they, Dylan Corr had a set of crutches, and uh, Keith Watson had a set of crutches. The good news was Ross Matthews, who was there, had no set of crutches, so that was good. Um, <laughs> Um, so that I, I'm, I'm not sure how, how long term the, the injury is that, that Keith Watson's got. I know it's his knee, um, and uh, it was something he picked up in training, and and did a fitness test before the injury game, and then, um, then broke down injury injured. So uh, I think um, I think as you say, um, next week's uh, formational depend on on who's available. But I would imagine even just sitting here thinking about it, I think Jack Hamilton will come back into the team next week. 
I don't see us going against Dundee United with the, the same formation we had yesterday. I think we'll we'll try and play with Jack Hamilton up the front and build off him. Uh, that would be how we, I would imagine we'll play. Who's coming out of that team then, John? If you're bringing um, Hamilton back in, who's coming? So Smith, Vaughan, Stanton, Easton, yeah, Mullen. Maybe Mullen. Maybe Mullen's the one to drop out again. But um, it's not my decision to make it. You know, going from a going from the the squad we had last year, where we're going with two outfield midfielders, to having a squad now that's got uh, so many uh, uh, variations in it is is quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's 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 always interesting to sort of listen to, to what other people are saying. And I know before the start of the season, a lot of people, obviously Dundee United were naturally the favourites, especially when they bring in the likes of Lewis Malt um, and a player who's done very, very well for Motherwell in the past. But then you, you sort of look at the players that we bring in, and I think a lot of people sat up and says, oh, Cody Gretna, etc. And obviously that's quite clearly not the case because Andy Barrowman comes out and says that we were a little bit over budget, but that's been alleviated with the recent loan moves and things. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, when you when you look at it and you hear people like Doug Emery come out and obviously say that we were making a big noise, very, very distinctive from Ian Murray. He's continually said, we're just trying the best for the club. We're just trying to better ourselves. We're just trying to be better for Kirk Cody as well, which and I, I completely, completely agree with sort of the mentality that he's came in with, which is it's really refreshing to hear because I don't think you hear it about from a lot of, uh, sort of managers. It just feels like at the moment, the positivity about the place um, regardless of how we've been playing on the pitch, it's just been fantastic. And kudos to all the all the board. Obviously, I know a lot of people will probably sort of see it, but it's probably symptomatic that of how well the club's doing that we're we're sort of looking at making sure that we've got these outlets like podcasts. You're looking at things like the Rafe TV interviews. I know that we were both at the Volunteers Day uh, in the summer, uh, the Volunteer meeting. Yep, and it's just everyone's just feeling very, very optimistic about how the club are. And I don't think a lot of clubs at our level can sort of say that. They've got a lot of drama behind the scenes, a lot of questions about management. Very easy to fall into that pattern, but it seems just for now, we'll just keep doing what we're doing and uh, just see how things go. Absolutely. And I think we're, we're guaranteed a good atmosphere next week. Um, it looks almost guaranteed that that away end is going to be sold out. should be a very, very strong home support as well. But um, no, I'm a coward. I'd take a point. Um, right, so let's move on to the the final portion of uh, of today's episode. So this is what I have tentatively called the big question, and uh, today's big question is inspired by the win over Air United, where there were some accusations of, uh, and I think this is maybe a bit a bit much, but accusations of dark arts from some of the Rovers players and. Uh, uh, a somewhat inflammatory gesture from Ross Millen towards the uh, the home fans at full time, which I will not be going into any further detail on. So my big question, uh, what I would like to hear from each of you today is what is the best or your favourite piece of shithousing that you've seen in a Rovers game or indeed anywhere else? And uh, Robbie, I know you were, you were keen to, to jump in on this, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, the man, the myth, the legend that is Mr. Ross Matthews. Um, COVID season ends um, under circumstances that infuriated a certain Gary Miller of the, the Falkirk uh, uh, Loyal, um, who obviously the league gets called, we get promoted. 
Uh, Ross Matthews with his tin of tenants uh, celebrating in Falkirk tears, supping away. Um, we draw Falkirk in the cup. And naturally, I tweeted Ross Matthews the night before with the, the, my, my signature Kylian Mbappe tears, um, saying that if he scores tomorrow, you absolutely have to be in front of the Falkirk fans doing that. Who scores? <laughs> Ross Matthews. Straight away, without hesitation, without any delay, he's immediately opening his can of tears and drinking them <laughs> in front of that home support. It was just absolutely lovely to see. It's the type of thing. I couldn't believe that he did it. Um, and I remarked to, to my friends at the time, I was just like, oh, it's Ross Matthews that scored. Oh, he's running over to their support. Oh, he's drinking their tears. He's just... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just classic uh, Ross Matthews. He's just got that little bit of uh, shithousery about him that he's, he's very subtle about it. It's maybe not as uh, not in that instance, but yeah, very uh, good at doing that sort of thing. Excellent. Yeah, that was that was good fun. It was a good game. Uh, Kev, have you got a, an answer for the big question? Well, I, I, I tried to think about um, Christian Nadia at Hibs because... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that was very enjoyable, but, but um, I, I couldn't really remember it well enough. So, so I'm, I, I'm going to actually go out, out of Scotland for, for, for my favourite bit, which oh, just, just um, uh, hopefully you, you'll all remember this. It, it was um, Swansea City playing in a League Cup game against Chelsea uh, and um, the ball boy. Do, do you remember? <laughs> um, with, with, and it has a... a Unbelievable! I've never seen anything like that in my, in my life. It was it, it was just quality. Um, that Chelsea needed needed to score in the last few minutes. Uh, the, the the ball had gone out. Um, for, for a goal kick, the um ball boy lay on top of, uh, of it for a cu- couple of seconds. Um, <laughs> it was it was just crazy. Uh, and, um, Eden Hazard um, went to, to, to try and retrieve it, and the poor boy wasn't giving it up. So Eden Hazard tried tried to kick it out from from under him, um, uh, and um, basically um, he, he, he got the ball back. And the the, the ball boy um, tried to. to oh, it, it was funny because he tried to make out that that he. Broken, he's got his rib broken or something like that. Got got escorted off by a couple of other other ball boys. He, he, he was a, a wee rad, probably about 14, 15 year, years old or something like that. But had a, a little smirk on his face whilst trying to look as though it, that though he was in pain. So, and and um, I mean, you can can see it on on YouTube. But 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 the thing is, before the game, he he actually tweeted something about um he, he was going to be the best Swansea ball boy ever. And oh, it's it just highly, highly entertaining. And 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 Edin Hazard got a, a red card for it as well. Which um, since, since I'm not a fan of Chelsea, I was quite quite happy with that. Before we so that before we jump good. to John, um, just to, can anyone remember the incident at Aberdeen with the ball boy up there? I can't remember who it was against, but there was something like a ball boy player comes over to collect the ball and he chucks it away. And the player's obviously fuming. And the, the, the sports scene camera pans directly to him and he's watching the game. And he just turns and looks at the camera and gives a wee wink. And you're just thinking, that's sensational, man. But, yeah. You know that, um, the ball boy from that Swansea incident, Kevin, he's a millionaire now. Yeah. yeah. He, he, owns, he owns like a, like a premium vodka, vodka company yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. You know, fair play. Um, John, what about you? What, what's your, uh, your favourite piece of uh, dark arts? Well, I I obviously um, 
watched the Rovers through, I started watching them in the 60s, watched them in the 70s. And the dark arts that I remember is um, we had a player called Malcolm Robertson, Malky Robertson, and he was absolutely a genius footballer, really, really good footballer, um, but he could turn a nil-nil into a one-nil with a quite spectacular dive for a penalty. He was legendary at doing it. The type of thing you hated against you. But I remember one game against Dunfermline on New Year's Day, nil-nil, and it's it's looks like the game's drifting away and Malky did it. Malky Robertson also ripped Dunfermline new assholes um, in, a, in a cup tie. But, you know, we used to hate this kind of thing going on against us. But now you've got Ross Millen. I, I, Ross Millen has got this great ability of bringing an extra ball into play <laughs> when need be. You know, we've got, we've got it through the team now, which is quite nice. You know, we could forget Robbie Thompson's calling out the, the Dundee players last season, which was absolutely wonderful, you know, as they're coming out, oh, oh, yeah, that's no long run up. You're you're not very confident. You're going to change your mind. Oh, you've hit the post. No, it was, and the fact that it was caught on camera by Robbie, mild-mannered Robbie, you know, it was just sheer brilliance, wasn't it? That that was really good. He might have been as been as well wearing like a lapel mic for how well that yeah, was yeah. picked up in that. It was yeah. really, really good. Um right, well I'll tell you, I'm gonna give you an answer as well. Um yeah. but I'm I'm gonna balance it out a little bit because I think this really goes into the the category of anti shit housing, which is uh back in two thousand and seven we were playing a very uh bad game at home at Sterling Albion and they took the lead with four minutes to go. And uh, one Robert Snodgrass, whatever happened to him, uh, decided to try and buy some time. And he dived over uh, an Ian Davidson challenge. And just as he was thinking about kind of rolling around and and taking up some time, Davo just turned around and just blittered the ball into his face and then just wandered down the tunnel. Just didn't wait. Just like, nah, fed up with this. I'm away. That was the season of the the Marvin Andrews tackle, the Marvin Andrews tackle in the playoffs, uh, which was probably the greatest slide tackle that you will ever see in your life. Stephen Bell's going down the wing and he takes a heavy touch and the ball goes in front and you see Marvin Andrews and he starts powering. Now, obviously, Big Marv's not the quickest, but when he gets going, you know that it's going to be interesting. When he momentum behind yeah. him. It was the uh, very stoppable force against a uh, very movable object in that case. And uh, yeah, he, he might as well have taken the, the ball, the man, the railway stand, half a ball, where he's J-block. Um, he just went straight through him and he won. Not only did he win the ball, uh, it goes off Stephen Bell, who's then taken off injured. And Sterling players are going ballistic. They're all crying that Stephen Bell's career could have been over. And he's actually won the throne, and he walks off and high fives Kevin Fotheringham, which was fantastic to see. So yeah, that's yeah I remember that very, very memories. clearly. Excellent. Um, right, I think that that's going to bring us uh, to the close for this um, inaugural episode of Oh No No No, the Wraith Rovers podcast. Um, we are on Twitter. the The handle for that is the very easy to say O N N N podcast. 
Uh, also on YouTube at the slightly easier at Oh No 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 podcast. Um, if you could please follow and subscribe on either or both of those platforms, that would be particularly handy. Please also send us in your favourite shithousing moments. We'll have a look at them and uh, we'll recap the best ones next time out. Uh, I did say we will be back later in the week with a whole new panel to look at the Dundee United match that's coming up on Saturday. So um, all that's left for me to do is to say thank you to Robbie, to Kev and to John for joining me. Thank you to the other guys behind the scenes. Uh, there's a lot going on in the the Wraith Rovers podcast world this week. Um, also, thank you very much to uh, David Latto for allowing us the use of his excellent version of Jordy Monroe for the intro piece. And thank you very much to you for listening. So I am going to say goodbye. And gentlemen, I'll allow you the time to say goodbye as well. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for Thank you, guys. Cheers.